0: Another episode of the Legal Marketing Studio, the bi weekly podcast examining branding, strategy, content, and technology in legal marketing. We are devoted to exploring successful initiatives, innovative campaigns, promising technologies, or effective, proven strategies for developing new business at law firms from the largest international firm to the solo attorney. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio with a core focus on the legal industry, providing the full gamut of photography services for law firms. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I'm speaking with attorney Michael Zulo. Michael is a partner in the trial practice group at Dwayne Morris, who represents clients in the financial services industry. He regularly counsels clients in finra matters, securities matters, and various commercial contracts. In addition, Mr. Zulo has defended clients in various civil and criminal matters before state and federal courts. Today, we'll be speaking about his role in designing Dwayne Morris's dispute navigation analytics tool. Michael, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio.
1: Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you, Michael. So
0: I wanted to just start with uh, the genesis and an overview of the DNA
1: tool. Sure. Just quickly, what is the tool? What is it designed to do? Okay, so the tool has uh, two components to it. And there's what I like to call the uh, qualitative component and the quantitative component. What that really boils down to uh, on the qualitative side is it's a early look at litigation uh, and all of the various factors that go into litigation, your judge, um, your witnesses, the strength of your witnesses, uh, the key factual issues, and how those issues may play out with the jury pool and the jurisdiction that you're dealing with, uh, things along those lines. And then your second part, your quantitative part, is a more, uh, what I would call, rigorous Attempt to define at an early stage uh, the cost proposition of the litigation, uh, which you know means attorneys' fees, and also the potential uh, downside risk of losing if you're the defendant, which most of our clients are on that side of the equation, uh, or if you're the plaintiff, the you know the upside of winning and what it's going to cost to get you there. Sounds
0: like there's both sort of a technological component to the tool, but also a process yes. component. Yes. Uh, how do
1: those two kind of balance out? Well, they're, they're meant to be used together and they sort of complement each other. And the way we employ it and the way we look at it is, you know, every litigation is dynamic and has a lot of what I would, you know, if we're going to be scientific terminology, variables. And those variables are, you know, witnesses. So, you know, you can. In every litigation, you can have good facts and bad facts, and sometimes the facts uh, on paper are compelling, and then you see the witness that's going to introduce those facts, and all of a sudden, they're not as compelling, or they're more compelling. So it's an attempt to take that part of the process and marry it to the part of the process that is when you're looking at uh, your budget and your line items and trying to figure out how much it's going to cost you to get from complaint to you know jury verdict uh what that looks like and so the the tool the DNA tool is really an attempt to take that process the budgeting process and turn it into something a little more dynamic a little more useful than your standard you know back of the napkin here's what we think it's going to cost you to get the summary judgment I'm curious what led to creating the tool
0: itself rather than just that back of the napkin calculation. Right. Um, was there a particular insight or was it a, an accumulation of of observations? Was it something that clients were asking for? So
1: it's definitely, I mean, we're in the client service business. Um, so it's definitely a uh, response to what's going on in the client marketplace. But it's more than just a response. I think, you know, I like to think that we're we heard what clients had to say about concerns, uh, not only about the cost of litigation, but, you know, for example, many of our clients, because they're publicly traded companies, they have shareholders and boards they need to report to. And we deal with a lot of GCs who have to give reports to their their board, their CEOs who then go report to their boards. And, you know, business people think differently than lawyers and uh, sometimes don't have a lot of patience for the, the vagaries and the ambiguities that come with the litigation process and like to hear, you know, a dollar figure and some sort of, you know, this dollar figure comes from something more meaningful than, uh, oh, well, I've done 10 of these cases before and here's what they cost. So recognizing that sort of dynamic in the client marketplace, what, what we set out to do was to take the process of Cost projecting, and really try to make it more scientific um, and I you know i 'm using that word really as a substitute for putting a process in place, and something that 's more than just okay i 've done ten of these cases in my experience, we have you know summary judgment takes thirty hours, so here 's the cost. It was really trying to say well what are what kind of data can we use to really create a tool that is both user friendly and spits out a meaningful number and, and can be broken down into the various phases of litigation and can be dynamic and adapt with the litigation as it's ongoing. Again, just sticking with
0: the background, there's a whole lot of things
1: we're going to come back to in, sure. in those I, And I'm sorry. If I'm, if I'm going too in-depth, I'll, I'll, uh,
0: no, no, I'll, start, I'll
1: start big and we can work our way down. No, this
0: it. is this is perfect. I, I want to I get to a bunch of that later. I wanted to just talk about the process of building it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious who was involved in building it. Was it you know, a handful of partners? Was, was there uh, marketing and business development who was brought in to build this, uh, IT
1: teams? you know, Sure. And did you do it all in-house, or did you bring people in from outside to build it? Um, so we have an outstanding team here at the firm. And when I say team, I really mean it was a collaborative effort. Uh, the attorneys, partners, and associates – And then our marketing group, who really drove us to see this vision to completion. And then our internal financial folks, you know, the people who deal with the the bills that we send out and the stats that, you know, all firms generate. And uh, so what we kind of did was, you know, the attorneys from the perspective really came at it with, well, how do we start to break – down a litigation, how do we start to come up with tasks that would be associated with every litigation? And then the, business, the, the the financial folks, the in-house financial folks, would then work with us to say, okay, here's how, here's how we can drill down into the bills that have gone out in you know, recent memory and start to look at what those tasks that you're talking about mean in dollars, and so it was a combination uh, and our team led by Mike Kinney and Steve Bennett in our financial group and, you know, Wayne Mack and Matt Taylor and uh, a bunch of other partners on the trial group uh, sort of worked together to take that abstract concept of what is a litigation and turn it into what it looks like on, on a data point. Uh, you know, once, once you'd built it, did you adopt it broadly within the firm or did, specifically within the, the litigation practice? So very good question. You know, we did not. There's, there's not a one-size-fits-all. So we started in the trial group, and we are hoping in our, our ongoing evolution of the tool is to take the process that we've implemented for the trial group and start creating a similar tool for the other practice group, so IP, real estate, because... Every practice group has its own sort of nuances as to what a matter looks like, and it's again, it's not a one size fits all. Um, so the trial group was where we started because all of the partners and associates that I talked about were all trial group people. So we started there, and the next step here is to start rolling it out with the uh, the other practice groups. In terms of
0: the the matters that are coming to to the practice group. Are you using this on every single matter, or is it used on some? Was it tested on certain matters and other matters were still kind of not
1: using it, or is it getting used across the board within, within the group? The answer is it's getting used across the board. The tool itself was developed using real cases from the practice group. So we looked at a variety of different cases uh, that involved a variety of different issues and different, I would call them sort of different styles of litigation, you know, a TRO matter or a a jury trial, a bench trial, different substantive issues. And so using that real-time data, we were able to create a tool that then can be used by almost everyone in the trial group to, as a new matter comes in the door right at the outset, give the attorney a level of confidence that when he uses the tool, he or she uses a tool, uh, that what's coming out of it is not just as we said, some back of the envelope based on my experience. It's actually being driven by real histories and real data. And is it evolving? I mean, you, you launched it in 2013 or 2014? Um, uh, that, that sounds about right. I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you the exact date, but it, yeah, we're, we're a couple of years into it. Has it been evolving? Has it been, its use been evolving? Absolutely. Um, the... You know the evolution takes many different forms. I mean, you know, it's it's like anything. The first rollout is your you know first attempt to get it, and we've received useful feedback from various people who have used the tool on how to tweak it, um, how to fine tune it, and we we do that. Uh, the nice thing about the tool is it's very I'm trying to think of the word upgradable. Um, or it's very easy to make adjustments, and within the tool, each individual has. Uh, certain level of ability to make adjustments him or herself that are specific for his or her needs, and the other evolution component here is different kinds of cases uh, we're getting feedback from partners who handle different kinds of matters and may say, okay, I think you know these these data points should be incorporated into the tool and how do we go about doing that and then just the last thing on
0: this i'm I'm curious whether or not this is once, once the matter starts, d- does the tool continue to be useful in terms of being dynamic through the throughout the process?
1: The DNA tool itself is dynamic and it can be and it's meant to be adaptable throughout the life of a litigation uh, because you know every case has its own sort of dynamic atmosphere, and what you have to do, the challenge for the attorney, and what we always say is, you know, any tool is only as good as the data going in. You know, garbage in, garbage out is the old expression. Uh, So what you have to do at the beginning is you have to get as much as you can get, which is, you know, number of witnesses you think you're going to need, number of experts you think you're going to need, how complex is the discovery going to get, how adversarial is the other side going to be, and you... You make assumptions based on that early data set and use those to populate the tool. But then, you know, during discovery, things always happen that change the case dramatically. New witnesses come out of the woodwork. New third parties that may have documents come out of the woodwork. The judge could change, and it changes the rule structure that you're operating under, or, you know, you have to get new people up to speed on a matter uh, so what the tool allows us to do is we get that snapshot, and it's captured, and it's sort of preserved in time. But as the case goes on, you can go back into it and say, okay, now when we started, here's what we thought we were dealing with, and now we know we're dealing with this. We're going to make an adjustment, and then it lets the client see how that adjustment affects you know, the bottom line, for lack of a better term.
0: Sure. So, So decisions can be adjusted throughout the course, and this gives you – I guess, a hard data to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's meant to be used. Obviously, the, the central theme of this, this podcast is is the marketing and business development aspect of, of these tools. Mm-hmm. Are tools like this the new normal for for lawyers? I mean, does this give you an advantage? Does this give you a, an added value compared to a firm that, say, doesn't have this? I think
1: so. Um, and I I am not aware of many, or any other firms, actually, that are using a tool that does what we're doing. Um, You know, as I said, uh, we, you know, this started with listening to what clients were saying and then it evolved by thinking, all right, we as a firm want to be partners with our clients. You know, we want to be counselors for them, but we also recognize that our clients operate in a dollars and cents business world. And how can we add value not only in the advice that we're giving, but in the, you know, how can we add a business component to that advice? I mean, how can we show them that we understand the pressures and the strain that they're under? And not only do we understand it, but we're working to give you tools to help you do your job better, to help you look better in front of your decision makers. And, you know, for me, the tool is very helpful because what it does is I think it it translates what sometimes is vague legalese into actionable budgetary kind of discussions and it does so with a level of confidence that i don't think a lot of clients are used to getting from lawyers you know obviously this always comes with the qualification that these are based on assumptions and these are based on facts as we know them those things are always evolving and always changing so what we show you today could change two months from now when we get deeper into this but we have a level of confidence that what we're showing you today is real and What I think it helps, or what I've seen it help our clients do, is make decisions earlier on about how they want to plan for litigation. Uh, How early do they want to start thinking about what an exit strategy may look like? How early do they want to start thinking about their legal spend versus their potential settlement spend? And that, to me, has been the most well received portion of this from the client perspective.
0: Again, there's a couple of things in there I want to come back to in a minute. Sure. Again, sticking to the. You know the the brand aspect of this for Dwayne Morris. I'm curious to what extent when you're talking to a potential client, uh, the DNA tool has been a selling point, and that that's something that they when when they hear about the opportunity it presents for them mm-hmm. that they are interested in it, it leads you know perhaps more people to be more likely to sure work with the firm.
1: sure. So a very good example of that is the r f p process. A lot of clients, the larger clients these days put out RFPs for legal services. And there's a lot of things that go into an RFP, but we've seen several RFPs now where they have a specific section devoted to budgeting and how does your firm deal with budgeting and making sure that you stick to a budget and making sure that your budgets are worth the paper they're printed on, which actually these budgets are worth a lot more (laughs) than the paper they're printed on. But this tool slides right into that and it hits that space in a way that is, is, in my opinion, on point, on message, and talks to the people reading the RFPs who, you know, a lot of times the people reading the RFPs are not lawyers. They're people who are in charge of outsourcing. And, and so they look at these things as a quantitative sort of process. And this speaks right to that language because this is this tool allows us to show the clients that when you're thinking about budgeting, we're we're ahead of the curve. And what we're doing is we're not only talking about giving you budgets that are meaningful and actually valuable, but we're giving you a tool that lets you use the budgeting process as part of your overall litigation strategy. So in the RFP space, it's been very helpful. And I've had several partners come to me and say, you know, wow, this This made that part of the process so much easier than what we're typically used to seeing. On an individual client basis, uh, my experience has been the conversation of, "Okay, I've got a problem, and I'm not sure if it's worth fighting over. What's that going to look like?" Uh, takes on a totally different dynamic when you can say, "I can give you a pretty good sense of what it's going to look like, and give me, you know, give me a couple key facts." Give me fifteen minutes and I'll I'll give you, you know, a range that I think you, you know, should realistically represent what it's gonna look like uh, from the dollars and cents. And it helps set expectations up front. And frankly, sometimes it it may cost us business because we take the approach that it's better to be realistic up front and not oversell and under deliver, meaning we can do this for $5,000 and then the client gets $10,000 into it and says what happened to that $5,000 number well you know that $5,000 number was never really worth that the there was no analysis to it it was sort of a ballpark and then you get into that ugly situation of figuring out who's going to eat that, <laughs> that over budget this allows a upfront conversation and i like to think that the clients appreciate that level of uh, sort of honesty and and thought up front and the clients that we've seen really respond to this positively. I do appreciate that. I'm curious if there are any internal business processes that it's
0: created efficiencies on or an increased understanding of the competitive landscape for you, meaning to see the actual numbers, to see the actual data. Sure. Does that
1: create value on your end as well? I, I think it does. I mean, I can't speak for... Other attorneys but I can tell you from my own perspective when you do when you use the tool uh, what it does is it, it really forces you to think about your case early and think about how you're going to get to the end and and that sounds um, like a rudimentary point you would think that most people would have that process right out of the gate but you know it's so easy in litigation to get caught in what's going on right now uh, that sometimes you you forget about the big picture and uh i think this for the attorney's forces you to go through that process of the big picture and forces the attorneys to uh, internally start thinking about a strategy and what the objectives of the litigation may be and how you get there and how you get there in a way that you know makes sense for the client so i think that that you know helps the attorney on the business process Again, I I hesitate to speak for our financial folks, but I think my understanding from the discussions I have had with them is that they appreciate that the attorneys are getting a little more of an in-depth understanding of what's going on with the cases on the dollars and cents so that they're not having conversations six months down the road as to, you know, why are we over budget and how did we get here and what are we going to do to fix it. So, I do think it helps both sides of the coin there. Um, and while we're on dollars and cents, let's go to the, the value add for clients.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you'd mentioned before that, that for the clients, really, it is a bottom line kind of question how much is this going to cost me in one way or another? And you, I remember where I read this, and you were quoted somewhere saying a happy client uh, means a long term client and a healthy law firm. Yes. So, the idea here is to get happy clients. You know, so on that dollars and cents, how does, does this help the law firm align with the client's goals? Uh, to align with their needs in terms of that bottom
1: line? I, I think it does, and I, and it, it should, because that's that's why we designed the tool, the way we designed it. Um, and I think a, a good example of that is, let's just take a scenario where a client comes into us with a uh, a matter, and it's a potentially big matter, and we do the analysis of what the exposure may be and what the worst-case scenario looks like, and then we give the And that that's really just... I'm talking about the liability component, meaning if you go to trial and you lose and the jury whacks you, here's what they could whack you for. Um, and then we do the analysis of, well, if we go to trial and we take this thing all the way through, how much money are we going to spend? Um, and we give them that number. And then we start doing more of the qualitative analysis that we talked about earlier and what the tool does is it's broken up into the phases so that you can have a conversation with the client that says look we think we can position you for a good settlement by getting through phase one and phase two or we think we can position this case for a partial summary judgment motion or a full summary judgment motion or at least get a motion on record that is intimidating enough that the other side will seriously discount its demand. Here's how much it's going to cost to get there. Now what the client can do is start internally taking those numbers and making strategy decisions. And frankly, a lot of times, those strategy decisions are going to involve cutting off the legal cost uh, earlier rather than later. Um, Because, you know, the the cost of full-blown litigation are extensive, and the results are oftentimes unpredictable. And so what we're doing is we're we're working with the client to help them make better decisions, which don't always benefit our bottom line in in the short term. But the hope is that in the long term, that client keeps coming back to us and realizes, hey, you guys have helped, helped me look great in front of my board. You've helped me look great in front of my CEO. You've helped me look great in front of my business partners because you've helped me save money on the legal spend. You've helped me get, you know, outcomes that make business sense, uh, setting aside, you know, whether or not they're legally compelled or not. Um, And I want to keep working with you guys. And, you know, that long-term relationship is really what we're after. Right. Happy client,
0: long-term relationship. Yeah. You know, you've talked about going to, you know, having that, that report that you can go back to say a CEO or the board with, I'm curious what those reports look like. Are they just a bottom line? Are they a range? Is it just, is it very factual black and white? Or is there some visual to it? What do these look like?
1: What the client gets, the output, the client output for this tool, is it's a one-page summary. And it is a range because, you know, litigation being dynamic. Again, this is, as much as I like to say it's scientific, it's still not hard science. So what the client gets is a one-page document that, Will break down the various phases I talked about phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. Give you know a brief summary under each phase what is entailed in that phase, and then it gives the client a range of what the projected spend for that phase is, and then a projected you know what the total thing's going to cost soup to nuts. Um, and then we can marry that if the client wants with the liability component and say, Here's the liability. And, you know, if you're the defendant, what your potential exposure is, if you're the plaintiff, what your potential recovery is. And then the client now has uh, sort of, I'll call it an executive summary of what the cost component here is. And it's, in my experience, it's very useful for the business folks to have that one page summary instead of getting, you know, a 20 page Excel spreadsheet or a email with, a number embedded in the email um it's it's real it's physical it's something that a gc can take to his cfo it's something that a cfo can take to his ceo it's something a ceo can take to the board and you know it gives real data that everyone can look at and
0: talk about if the client asks for some of the a deeper dive into some of that data do you give them a deeper
1: dive or do you stick with just that the one sheet so what the client gets is the one sheet. The tool itself is a little bit more complicated, and internally we track it, and we have it, you know, we always have records of what the tool resulted in that gave the output, and we're always happy to talk to the client about changes and show the client how the changes affect it. Um, but we, the client doesn't get sort of a, a screenshot of, the tool. But the client can see the tool in action. Uh, but the output for the client is, is always the one-page sort of executive summary. Has it created any changes in client behavior? I don't know if you have any clients that you were working with
0: before you put the tool together and after. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it affected, you know, either in a particular case or at least how you experience new clients, uh, how they how they make decisions or how they view the process of working with you?
1: The experience I've had has been positive And the Changes I've noticed are that the clients are much more comfortable when we have strategy discussions talking about the cost potential because they have much more comfort that what we're telling them is real and based on something. And so when we have the strategy discussions with the client about where are we going with this litigation um, and how do we want to position ourselves, they will loop in the business folks and they will say to the business folks, hey, okay, here's where we are on the projected spend. Here's where we are on liability. And it's a much more dynamic conversation than just sort of getting lost in the weeds of we could do this, we could do that, we could do this, we could do that. All right, well, let's. what do you think is the cheapest way to proceed? And let's do that. Or what do you think is, you know, in, instead of having that open-ended, vague discussion, And then telling the business people, we're bringing the business people into the fold, you know, because they're part of the process too. They're the ones that, you know, have to ultimately at the end of the day either write the checks to the attorneys or, you know, potentially deal with the judgment. So I've noticed that change and I feel like the clients are a lot more comfortable with the dollars and cents conversation. The strategy discussions have changed as well because. We now talk with the clients about phases and where we are in the litigation, where we want to go, and what the phases may look like. So I, I think it absolutely has changed the interaction when you start talking about, again, big picture, where's the litigation going? And that is the next question I have is the, the bigger picture.
0: And I didn't know that was the question before I
1: – so no. uh, that was a... – uh,
0: So yeah, I, I want to just step back. You know, I want to kind of wrap it up with just taking, again, a step back, looking at the big picture. And kind of what DNA means more broadly in the industry. Mm -hmm. Has your experience building the tool and implementing the tool, does that make it, I mean, do you think this is the future? Is data-driven, process-driven kinds of tools like this, whether they're simply a process that's written out that you follow through or that you're actually building a a technology tool
1: on the backside of that? Is that the future of legal? Well, look, I hesitate to say that it's going to be the future. I think it's. I think it's an undeniable part of the dynamic now, and I think that what we're seeing is much more sophisticated consumers of legal services. But you're also seeing, um, you know, people. It's it's a dollars and cents world, and people want to know uh, what they're signing up for. And I think, you know, in my experience, you're seeing a lot more. Client pressure to take what used to be sort of a very vague and open ended uh, relationship on the, you know, you go into a store, there's a price on the item, you know what you're going to pay when you go to the cash register. There's no surprise. And I think we're seeing more clients want that, not quite that level of certainty, but a little more insight into the process and a little bit more comfort as to what their expectations are going to be at the end when they get the bills. Um, And, you know, my experience is that they appreciate when the lawyers are able to talk to them about that component of the relationship with a little more certainty and a little bit more understanding of, you know, what's driving costs and how do you control costs and, you know, a lot of clients ask for fixed fees now, and there's AFAs all over the place. So I do think that the legal industry is moving towards, you know, in this direction. Um, I, I I hesitate to say it's going to be where everyone ends up. Uh, but I think that if you don't acknowledge that that's happening, you know, you're, you're letting the, the market pass you right by. Another
0: attorney I, I'd interviewed recently was talking about Over the course of his career, he's seen what it means to be a good lawyer change, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's no longer enough to simply know the law and to be good at what you do, but you have to really provide value for the client. So this is probably a bit of a softball to close on, (laughs) Uh, but you know, just last thoughts on how that helps you provide that value for the client, how it helps you be not just a good lawyer, but really align yourself with their needs and get them to where the best outcome for them.
1: You know, I think what, what this tool does for us as a firm is allows us to pr- position ourselves and, and allows our clients to feel comfortable that we understand the dynamics on their side of the ledger. And we understand that, you know, when they're looking at litigation, there's all different kinds of factors. And one of the factors is is the dollars and cents of it. And the value that we can bring to the table is that not only can we give them advice and counsel them and position their cases for good outcomes, but we can start having, you know, input into the business strategy as to how much they want to invest in litigation, when it makes sense to settle, when it makes sense to fight something. Um, and we're able to do so, uh, again, as talking their language, you know, you know, understanding the budgetary concerns and, and being able to work with them to move things around and adapt strategy and being able to show them how decisions they may make will drive the cost and how they can control the cost a little bit based on decisions they make. And then able to show them that when they go through the process and pay the bill at the end, that you know they got what they thought they were going to get when they signed up for it. So for me, it's it's really about taking that counseling relationship and adding another layer to it we're still counseling our job is still to help clients navigate you know very tricky waters uh, very demanding circumstances uh, but we're adding to that we're talking to them about the business which ultimately clients have a bottom line that they're very focused on and we're positioning ourselves to be not only someone helping them achieve their legal objectives, but helping them achieve their their business objectives on bottom-line budgetary issues. You know. So I think that's how we're adding value above and beyond just being good lawyers and delivering great client service.
0: Uh, well, Michael, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the, the Legal Marketing Studio podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. The Legal Marketing Studio is a production of Picture More Business, a full-service corporate photography studio focused on the legal industry based in Brooklyn, New York, and working with clients nationally. If your firm is updating its website, hiring new attorneys, or revamping its brand and marketing materials, give us a call. We'd love to explore collaborative opportunities. More information can be found at picturemorebusiness.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. The Legal Marketing Studio can be found on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It's just legalmarketing.studio. Would you like to appear on the Legal Marketing Studio or know someone who might? please send an email to producer at legalmarketing.studio or reach out via the contact page on our website, legalmarketing.studio. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening.